Okay, today we're going to be wrapping up this study of angels and demons by by looking a little bit at church history and how the church has um, typically approached uh, the idea of of angels and demons. As I mentioned, kind of before before we opened up in prayer, um, this is a fairly straightforward uh, study. I could pretty much sum up church history when it comes to angels and demons with one with one phrase: like speculation abounds, right? Um, so, so as much as we speculate today, the church has historically speculated, right? Like this is not something that's new to us. We don't look at at these like spiritual tidbits that we get in Scripture as as it as it entices us to consider what the spiritual realm must be like. So, to the rest of the church throughout church history, they've they've read these things, they've seen these things, in the same way that it causes us to wonder. Right, because it's something that we're that we're unfamiliar with. It's something that almost seems like magical in a sense. Like as we see it, and we 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 find ourselves like thinking, well, "What about this? Or what about this? Or what about this?" The rest of the church throughout history has done much of the same. Right? Like we find, like if you were to rewind all the way back, and so I want us to look at a couple of different things that are that are kind of like this is what historically the church has affirmed. Um, and then we're gonna like we're gonna consider like just little things. For the most part, we're gonna see like like this is how speculation can lead us astray. Like if like it's one thing for us to be like to look at a particular thing and then to be in in awe of it or 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 like wonder what things might be. But specu- like collective speculation is dangerous. Right, like if I'm reading and studying scripture and I see a particular thing and it's like I'm like wow, like that blows my mind and and my mind starts going in a thousand different directions. Like that's okay, right? Like that 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 that's okay for me to 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 like consider in my own mind and maybe start formulating like what if it were like this or what if it were like this, right? But when we get together and collectively speculate. Right? Like when we're not like in every truth that we hold to, like here's the scripture where I would base this thought, collective speculation can very quickly lead us down pathways to where we're in no way lining up with scripture at all. Right? And that there's 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 plenty of places in scripture, there are plenty of doctrines that we have studied thus far where scripture gives us an enormous amount of like substance that we can dig into to 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 kind of shed off speculation and get really good solid answers. When it comes to like angels and demons, the reality is is if you were to collect the 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 number of places in scripture where angels or demons are are mentioned or spoken of in like new ways, right? Um, you would have a very short list of passages of text, right? Um, like we we have a general idea of what angels are doing. We have a general idea of of the the demonic, right? But we don't have like if I were to ask you, um, show me a passage of scripture that tells you what the angels and demons are doing on a day to day, moment by moment basis, or what were they doing prior to? The creation of man, like what does that look? What 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 does that look like? You would, yeah, you would start immediately having to speculate, right? 
Like if I said, so we see Satan has already, already fallen at the point that we find him in Scripture, right? You open the book of Genesis and then you get man and the fall of man involves events that we don't see, right? Like we don't, like, like Adam wasn't like given this picture of like, here's what this whole angelic world looked like that led Satan to this particular moment. We don't get that either. So what we're, what, what we're faced with is questions that we can't answer well. And when we're pressed on those things, what is our tendency? To speculate. Why do we feel the tendency, the need to speculate? We don't... We, we've, how, how many of you are very uncomfortable with things that you can't answer? Right? Things that you know are real, but you can't... You, like, 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 you feel uncomfortable because it's like, I, I got no answers for you here. Right? I need a why, right? We do. We feel like we need a why. Does God always give us in Scripture the whys? Right? So like, so this is one of those areas where we've not been... And, and so, um, a couple of things. Historically, the church has historically affirmed a belief in a spiritual realm inhabited by both angels and demons. We can say that much about the church throughout history. That, that throughout history, um, the church is, is, is um, together on this, this reality that um, there is a spiritual realm where angels and demons exist... <clears throat> This has been considered a minor doctrine for most of church history. Um, no church count. And how would how would like what would lead you to, to 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 think that? Like what would lead me to say that whenever I'm considering church history? And why is this a, a minor doctrine? One because I, I think Scripture doesn't give us tons of details that we could consider it even a major doctrine. Um, the the second would be is that you don't find any counsel or statement of faith throughout church history that focuses on angels and demons. Um, it's always played kind of this minor role in that, um, and also it's never been a major point of contention which divides churches. Right. So like if you were to go to any church um, that was like any any denomination, like we're all going to tend to have similar ideas. When it comes to, to angels and demons, there may be some um, some minor differences there. But anybody looking in Scripture and then coming from Scripture to give you ideas, we all tend to fall in the same boat, right? Um, and that we all tend to have similar like um, feel feel similar needs to speculate. Um, I, I have one quote from one of the early church <clears throat> one of the early church leaders, um, Origen. Um, and I think his like his quote pretty much sums up um, my feelings <laughs> on um, angels, angels and demons, and just this this idea in general. Um, so he says he says this: the teaching of the church has laid down that these beings exist indeed, but what they are or how they exist. It has not explained with sufficient clearness. <laughs> right? So he's like he's like angels and demons exist clearly. Other than that, there's not much more that we can tell you. <laughs> Beyond that, you get very quickly into the realm of speculation. And this has happened throughout church history. Um, a couple of, like, if you're, if you're looking through church history, there's a couple of really interesting things that, that we see kind of evolve. And this is, this is like, what I'm gonna say is, is the large majority of this, um, is going to be, 
um, the result of rampant speculation, right? Like I would say, none of the ones that I'm up to the Reformation, none of the things that I'm going to say, are you going to be able to go in Scripture and, and find clear scriptural support for these things? Could you think them? Of course you could think them. What would that be? Speculation on your part, right? Um, so has anybody ever has anybody ever seen the depiction of angels and demons? It's kind of like you've got a good angel on one shoulder and you've got a demon on the other shoulder. Like, has anybody ever thought that that was true or real? Right? Can anybody? Maybe it's a kid. Absolutely. That's funny. So this is what's this is what's funny. Like most of us, like when we come in contact with that, probably came in contact with those things as children, right? So like you see it and you see it depicted in cartoons, but the reality is, is the church came up with that. <laughs> Right, like that was that was in the er, in the early days of the churches. They were considering this. Um, the the there's a there's a there's a book, um, the Shepherd of Hermas, um, and in this book, the idea of like the of like everyone having an angel with them that was good and a demon that drawed them towards evil. Like those ideas were kind of developed there. Again, find that in Scripture. Right, you can't. There's no, there's no clear place in Scripture that says that every single person gets a guardian angel, nor is there any place in Scripture that says that every single person gets some kind of evil spirit that's following them around all the time. Yet, because the places that we, that we have Scripture and our tendency to want to, to be able to answer questions has led the church, even from early days, down the road of speculation and early on these ideas of everyone having guardian angels and everyone having kind of these evil spirits that were following them were developed there. I would say that there's no good place um, that you're going to be able to um, really support that. Um, like there's, there's places where you could get the ideas for speculation, right? Like there are places like where even Jesus himself speaks of angels that are watching over children, right? But it's like it doesn't he doesn't go into a lot of detail as far as like are they with them always? Is it just for children? Is it all children? Like all of these places where I'm asking questions could be places that you would speculate that scripture does not give you a clear answer on, right? Like when they get to be adults, does the angel like he gets a new job now? Like what's that look like? <laughs> right, like, <laughs> they're like done with you now. You're a teenager, man. I'm getting away from this craziness, so it doesn't land on me. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That we apply maybe to our hearts, but um, I don't know. Yeah, right? Like, we get, we get, like, and that's the thing. Like, if you were to take any of these ideas here, like, if I'm sitting down with any of the church fathers that are, that are, um, going on and speculating about angels and demons around them, and I were to press them in questions enough, it would be very evident that it's like, well, this is just what I think. Right, like, because I'm like, where's the scripture to support that? Where's the scripture to support that? They would have similar difficulties in finding those scriptures simply because scripture does not speak 
a lot about these things, right? So we've come up with these ideas just because we see this, and now I'm going to take that and I'm going to run with it. And the end of that is everybody has guardian angels and everybody has demons. And the reason that we do the things that we do is Satan made me do it, right? Like, like that's the path that, like, that we can that we can get on when we go down that route, right? Is that it's like, it was the evil influences external to me, not the evil desires of my heart that caused me um, to participate in that particular act. So, in the book of Acts, mm-hmm. there are a tremendous amount of angels interacting with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, they're real, right? Like, angels and demons are real. But here's the thing, like, they tend to be, like, any place that we see... We don't always get new information about them, right? Like angels are ministers, and if we look in all of those different places where we see them, we tend to see them ministering, and demons are out to get you, right? Because all the places that we see them, they tend to be work. But how? In what ways? How do they communicate? How do they move from place to place, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Or to give them a vision, clear understanding of their vision. So um, maybe that's the way we should see the work of the angels at this point. So, so then the question would be, right? So the question would be, out of that, do we do we see a lot of a lot of work from angels in non? Um, Redemptive history, like in in acts that are not directly related to events of redemptive history, right? Because the work of the building up of the early church would fall into that, right? Like this is the acts of the of of the of the apostles, the acts of the early church. Like, is do, does an, do the angels work in every like? Is if every one of us is in prison, do we all get angels that are there with us? Or was it just for them in this particular moment, right? Scripture does not give tons of evidence, right? Like, it shows us the events taking place, and it speaks to these realities, but it does not give us theological ground for which we can say, that for every, every place where you're in X situation, you have X minister that's ministering to you, right? Like... Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so from from scripture, what we what we like what we know what what scripture is clear on is that we at times entertain angels unaware, right? So, like, so could that be a moment where that is real? Absolutely, right? What? But but the but the question that comes from that is is to like when we go beyond that, right? Like we start st- like like the 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 steps towards speculation are slow at first and then off the cliff very quickly, right? So and that's why it's like what what can we say clearly is that yes we interact with in some capacity the spiritual realm, right? So what you're saying we have we can't speculate into it. All we can all we can do is what is factual in. That yes. Now here's the thing. Here's what I here's what I'll say. It's like for those who experience those moments, you can be in awe and wonder, right? Like that is one of the like that's one of the things that like scripture gives scripture give is is clear on this because you can see almost any time in scripture that there's some experience with like the angelic realm, it's hard for us to differentiate the difference between between angel and and um, God Himself. How do I know this? Because the response that you will have when you come before God is to fall down on your face. And oftentimes, what we find in Scripture is, unless those angels are are presented in a in a form that's that's human, like to where when we see them, we don't recognize immediately that they are some that you fall down in fear, right? Like that's that's a that's a typical that's a typical response to be in awe of this experience. So those who experience it, be in awe of it. But we have to be careful when we take that. And I want to sh- I want to share, and I'm not trying to I'm trying to share experience over like like your ex- none of our experiences with the angelic realm. The spiritual realm will save another, right? Like the gospel saves, the preaching of the gospel saves. The spiritual realm is absolutely real, and we absolutely encounter it. And Scripture is clear on that. But anything beyond that, like the why's, like why was, why did that particular event happen? Why that particular? Because we could we could say like like if a preacher's preaching. And he's preaching, and, and there's this experience. Why not every other time that a preacher's preaching? Why that one experience? Was that one somehow more special than another? Was was there something more at stake there? Because that's how we could go, right? We could go to say that like moments where we experience moments where we experience the supernatural are more. We could go here, and I want us to say that this is not true. We could go to the place where we say moments where we experience the supernatural in a way that causes us all are more important than moments like today where you're not seeing an angel speaking, right? Yeah. Because you've experienced it, right? Yes. Yes. 
And that's and that's what. So what happens is is that we we need to put safeguards on ourselves so that we don't find ourselves falling into that um, in our minds, right? Like we need to like like the thing that I should cherish most is not the experience of the supernatural. There will be a day where we can't where where we literally can't get enough of it, right? Like that day's to come for all of us as believers. And and I think what happens sometimes we want to jump to that moment, right? Like we want to jump to the moment to where all reality is this like to us is supernatural existence with Christ for eternity, right? Yeah. And what read Hebrews 13 1, where it says, Love the brethren. And the next verse says, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained hands. Yeah. Yeah. And it has, that, that, that in his heart has always stayed like, they yeah. Like, you know, like, I won't forget that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for me, the first time that I ever taught, the first time that I ever taught, period, right? I was, I was, I can't remember exactly how old I was. I was in the youth, but I think that I was actually probably like by or I would have aged out at this point. There just wasn't a class for me to fall into. Um, and I was, I was helping, or Brian Early had asked me if I would um, help him teach. Like, I think he was just wanting to encourage me, help me. Um, maybe see if I had that kind of gift. And I was like, I was nervous at first. I was like, yeah, but yeah, you know, I'll do it. Um, and I can remember praying and praying and praying and studying and studying, being super uncomfortable about it. Not like, like this was just a scary thing, right? And I had, I had one such experience like that. And I shared it the next day and somebody, somebody, um, came to Jesus. I'm going to air quote came to Jesus because I don't know that they've been in church since, right? So like, and the th- you know what you know what the thing was that caused them to 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 come to Jesus. It was me sharing that. It wasn't me reading scripture. It was me sharing that. Um, and that reality, like thinking about that, thinking about that person that came to Jesus, and I'm air quoting came to Jesus, right? Like I, I don't maybe they did, and they just you know I, I can't answer that. But here's what I know is that is that. It is not my experience with anything that saves anyone, right? It is not the stories that we tell that saves anyone. Faith comes by hearing and not the hearing of Landon's stories, right? Faith comes by hearing the Word about Christ. And so, like when I when I consider that experience, which like when I think about it internally, like it was real in the realest way, right? But but even in my and I don't share it. I don't share that often, right? Because in that, like I, I I know our tendency to elevate that. Over what we would consider the mundane, right? Yeah. Like, the, yeah. Wow. 
So when it comes to this, like the church, we, we I think this is something we struggle with as people, and because of that, the church has found itself struggling in this, is that we we have a clear tendency um, to, to desire that knowledge that's not for us, right? Like there are realities about the spiritual existence that for now, um, on this side of eternity, they're not for us to know all the details of, and we have a tendency towards... Um, towards reaching for those things. Um, so during this, this was this is not uncommon for the whole church throughout church history. This has been real. Um, Origen, who I just quoted um, previously, he's actually the one one of the ones that kind of um, started pushing for the idea that every human being had a guardian angel. Right? Like again, there's not a ton of scriptural support that you could go there, but he started. He started kind of that idea that's, you know, depending on, you know, where you're at, um, that's one of those ideas that tends to, to be very much popularized. Um, also, another um, another kind of idea that came during um, the, the early ages of the church was the idea of, uh, I'll explain the term, asceticism. Um, was used to fight off demonic attacks. The idea of uh, uh, asceticism is that um, you withhold from yourself pleasure, um, whether it be the pleasure of food, the pleasure of entertainment, the pleasure of, of, of whatever. Um, like like you deprive yourself. This would be like a lot of what you would see like in like uh, like like monks, yeah, monasteries. This is kind of the approach that they take, and this being used as a form of Defending off uh, spiritual attacks. Um, again, this this idea is, uh, exists today. Um, it's one of those that um, you you would you go very quickly into into speculation to 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 get to that in the Middle Ages. Um, again, this they're just building and building on itself. Uh, a man by the name of Dionysius. Um, speculated about the organization, the rank, and the nature um, of the angelic realm. He he formulated like he, and and this kind of continued on that, that there was a great deal of effort put into like the hierarchy of angels, right? And again, scripture doesn't give a ton of detail there, but that was that was kind of fleshed out in time. Um, there was the 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 entire Middle Ages was was really like a time of very extravagant speculation about the angelic realm. Um, then we come to the time of the reformers um, and the and the the Reformation age. And during the Reformation age, they didn't put a ton of 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 
detail into this. They were just like, if if you can pull it from Scripture, then go with it. If it's not in Scripture, don't speculate. Like that was their like they they were they were very much a stay close to Scripture kind of uh, kind of mindset. Um, and uh, from the Reformation, that's kind of led into the modern age. Uh, to kind of summarize and wrap up. Uh, in the modern age, there's kind of two major ways of, of thinking here. Um, there's there's been the emergence um, of of a lot of liberal views that would downplay all things spiritual as being just a form of superstition. They would they would push this back on scripture itself and and read superstition into scripture. Right? They would say like these things. There are natural ways of explaining these events and. Because they didn't understand those natural means, they they would um, go in and 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 be superstitious about it. And angels and demons were kind of the 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 manifestation of that superstition. So, yes, that's a major that's a major view even within the church. So, like world, like like when it comes to the secular world, clearly. Um, the spiritual is non-existent, right? Like the 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 world, but. <laughs> yeah right. Now that's the other. That's the other. That's the other thing. Like so, there's this. That so coinciding with the like coinciding with the downplaying and 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 superstitious views of the Old Testament. There is there has been this rejuvenation and fascination with the demonic. Right, so we find we like we find this in like the fascination about the dead, right? Like like there's a there's a huge fascination with the dead that's just kind of been revitalized, and it's like like we're in the Halloween season, so it's like you know you're gonna see zombies everywhere. Be careful, don't get bit. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you know, you know, they prayed. That was on TV. That was a, I'm sorry. Oh, no, you can't. They prayed, you know, before they ate it. Yeah. That was like a series on TV. Yeah, not anymore. Not anymore. Right? Not anymore. Not anymore. So, um, so today, continue, continuing on, clearly, because, um, like, this would be a view that, that I would hold. The view that the Reformers um, held as well continues. To, de- to today, the idea being let Scripture speak um, and be careful about speculation. Um, one thing that I want us to, to kind of take away as we consider um, the ease with which we could speculate um, is that, like, and, and we look at how kind of the church has not always um, approached this properly, I think that we should just remind ourselves that we should take care only to affirm what Scripture makes clear. Right, like, like if Scripture doesn't say it, let's be careful when it when it finds its way into our teachings. Right, like let Scripture guide our thoughts and minds and interactions. Um, this is a small doctrine, but there are many places where speculation has made its way into major church doctrines, and left behind the idea that Scripture needs to say anything. 
um, to support ideas and speculation today continues to run rampant, not only in these areas, uh, but in areas much more significant than these. Um, we'll get into some of those as we kind of press on in this study.